Amidst the tragic conflict unfolding in the Middle East, where the terror organization Hamas carried out attacks resulting in the loss of 1,300 innocent lives, including the kidnapping of 200 individuals, including babies, children, and the elderly, there's another group that needs our attention, our beloved furry companions. In the midst of this chaos, many cats and dogs have been left behind, their families torn apart by violence. Some remain trapped in abandoned homes, while others have become lost in the turmoil. Heartbreakingly, some of these animals have been injured or harmed, and there are so many stories of profound tragedy, and we are committed to making a difference and trying to help out. So today, on a special episode of The Dog Moms, we'll be talking to some of the amazing people who are helping animals in Israel and truly making a difference, and ask them the one simple question. How can we help? Welcome to The Dog Moms Special. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Dog Moms. In this special episode, we're going to discuss the current war zone in Israel and the animals that are displaced there. When so many people, kids, elderly, got murdered or kidnapped, you know, discussing the needs of the many dogs and cats over there could seem a little strange during this time, but I think it's exactly what we know is important because we need to put a spotlight on this and we need to better understand what's going on on the animal sides of things. That's right. And we wanted to talk to people who are right in the midst of it and can tell us what they're doing to help with all of these animals over there in the middle of the war zone. So today we are... With the entire dog TV community, we're trying to help and see how we can help. And so we're going to be talking to some very special guests today. Yes, we also launched a special page. It's dogtv.com forward slash cares. So when you can, um, you can get info and find ways to contribute by just going to that website. And all of the efforts will go back to aiding all of these people that are helping the animals that are being displaced during this time or going through injuries, things like that. But first, we do have a really wonderful guest, and we do want to speak with Yael Arkin, who is the CEO of Israel's number one rescue organization. It's called Let the Animals Live, who is speaking to us from the field and will hopefully tell us everything we need to know. Hi, Yael. Thank you. I know this is a sensitive subject. Welcome to the Dog Moms. I can't wait to hear more of everything that you're doing. Hi. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And I know that you're right in the middle of all of this tragedy going on. Would you be able to kind of give us a little bit of an insight of what your day looked like today? Like what happened, what's going on, a daily, what it looks like every day for you right now? So really today is like every day since the 8th of October in the morning when we realize what's going on because, you know, in the 24 hours, the first 24 hours, we were in shock and we really didn't know what's going on and more and more news came to us and we understood we are in the middle of a big holocaust, you know, yeah. something mm -hmm. terrible is going on. and. We see so many people got murdered, uh, people that have animals in their house. Mm -hmm. uh, in the kibbutzim, you know, it's in Kibbutz Beri, near Oz, Kfar Aza, all in these places and many more places. They all have dogs and cats and bunnies and, of course, farm animals. Mm -hmm. And everything was burned and some of the dogs were shot and we were trying, you know, people contact us that they left their animals there mm. and please help us save our animals. Mm. And I must say, 
so many volunteers, you know, uh, many people, you can't go to all the places, you must know, unless somebody from the army or police is coming with you as a, a weapon. And that was on the border of Gaza. And then a little bit uh, further from there, you have all the places where we got bombs all the time. Right. And people couldn't go even out to buy uh, food for their animals. The shops are closed. Nobody's on the street. It's like, you know, yeah. wow. like hell, really. Um, so... We immediately um, uh, collected all our volunteers and many more. And I must say there were many more groups and many more people who wants to uh, help. And we all went uh, with our cars and with our vehicles. We have vehicles from uh, Let the Animals Live, but also private cars and started rescuing animals. And uh, some soldiers uh, contact us that there are animals there. There was no food um, mm -hmm. till the army got inside. Then th th it started to be food. Um, and many soldiers give the animals food. They hold them till we come and mm -hmm. take them. Uh, some of them found home. Uh, you know, uh, some of them were microchips, so it was very easy to find their homes. It's much difficult with the cats because they were so scary. It was right. difficult to catch oh, them. Yeah. So in some of the places, we immediately bought tons of food. We put it in our shelter. We have a big shelter. We have a big place there. And we put tons of food to give in, to people in those regions, the, the ones that stay there, or to give the soldiers so they can put the, the dogs or the cats the food. We got food for other animals, um, like bunnies or uh, donkeys or wow. other animals that were there. And uh, really since then, even today, we went again. And now even we found the dog. Um, my brother is in the army mm -hmm. and he called me in the morning that where they are, there is a dog that came to them with a collar and Yael, he told me, you must find him. I'm sure oh. uh, somebody, he has a home. Mm -hmm. And uh, I spent one of our cars was not far from there. Today we went five cars there with food and we gave food to everyone. In some places we just go and put cat food, you know, for three, four days. And then we go again to put them, uh, of course, right. water too, because it's still hot here right. uh, during the day. And um um, one of our cars with uh, the vet and uh, one of our employees, they went there and they, they took the dog and we find um, um, a chip. It was microchipped oh, and we goodness. found the owners. Wow. And, uh, but there were some sad stories, you know, that we find that, um, a dog that she was microchipped. Her name was Snow Shelleg and her owner was uh, murdered in the kibbutz Berry. Okay. And uh, so we had uh, to find her uh, a new home. And some dogs, I must say, were not microchip. And then we only put them in foster homes now till we will try to find their owners. Because still many people are looking for their, their animals, also cats. And then there were some injured animals that always, you know, the south part of Israel 
is really the part which is more the most uh, number of stray dogs here mm-hmm. you know in uh, the south part so you go to look for a dog that maybe has a home but you find on the way 10 other dogs oh, right so, how do you so know? Uh, you don't know you just take them all and put them on the car and we put them on the shelter mm-hmm. and hope they have somebody and if not they will have a good home later you know yeah, that's what that's we right. can do and for cats um most of the cats are not microchip one cat we found in the road which there are no people now in the road only few left there they got so many bones there that the people left and it's very dangerous there and we took there two cats one both of them were injured but one of them was microchipped and uh, there was the name of an owner and uh, he said he gave her a few years ago to somebody else and he doesn't oh, know so so she really doesn't have an owner but she's much better now she we we have our clinics on the 8th of october really in the morning one of our clinic is in ashkelon and ashkelon uh, is very dangerous now because there are lots of bombs coming there So immediately in the 8th of October in the morning, we went with our cars and took from there all the dogs that were hospitalized there and the cats that needs more treatment because our staff wow. couldn't go there. Mm-hmm. And we took them all to our shelter. Our shelter is beside the town of Modi'in, which is much safer there. There were some bombs there, but not much. So we... put them all there and we have also another big clinic in Ramadgan which is beside to Tel Aviv so we put some of them there and now we are full full not 100% like we are always now we are about 120% but I wow. must say that during Friday and Saturday many people came uh, to adopt a dog or to foster a home really? uh, a dog mm, and wonderful. also cats so It's much better now because I think in during this weekend we found homes and foster homes for 25 dogs wow. uh, which and, and a lots of cats too. Uh, we have a project uh, beside Tel Aviv in an elderly home where old people live there and we have two rooms there for cats which they can volunteer there. So we took the cats from Ashkelon and the ones that don't need treatment and we put them there. And since uh, the beginning of the war, we found almost 15 cats already found homes. Oh, wow. Do you yeah, think that so, that is, is partially because people are, um, you know, feeling like they want that comfort from animals as well? Like, are you seeing, because I'm actually surprised to hear that people are, adopting animals in the midst of everything do you think that that's because it kind of provides that extra love and comfort that people are looking for right now listen I think like in covid I don't know I know also in the states it was like this people mm-hmm. were coming to adopt dogs especially dogs but little bit cats during covid because they were all the time at home it gives them comfort the children are at home and It's good for all the family. And yeah. what happened after COVID, you know, many people uh, surrender the dogs. Right. So I yeah. hope this will not happen now. You know, I hope these dogs are going for life. 
Um, but it really helped us because we so many animals came to us, and if you want to provide them good conditions and uh, and take care of all of them, you must need help. And I think it was very good that the people of uh, Israel really come to help us and to volunteer. I, I think we couldn't answer the telephone. There were so many mm -hmm. calls and so many WhatsApps. Mm -hmm. And all the time during night, during day, listen, I, I want this dog. I want this dog. I saw a picture. Please, I want oh, wow. a dog from the wow, south. Wow. I want... It was like really crazy and it continues really since every day there are three, four, five adoptions of dogs, which we didn't have before this war. Wow. You know, the situation was terrible. There were no adoptions at all in Israel. And I know oh. it's also going around the world, um, but here it was really terrible. So I I think really it's good comfort for the family. Anyway, you are at home and you yeah. can take care of the dog. And uh, we'll see what will happen after. Uh, we still don't know, you know. We still are, uh, at, most people are at home. Some are not working in the south right. part of Israel. There are most of them in the hotels. And now it started also on the north part. Uh, we, for three days already, people um, contacting us, looking for places for the dogs because mm. um, five kilometers from the border on the north part of Israel, people also um, leaving home. They can't wow. stay there. Wow. And many so of it, them have animals. Are these people not able to take their animals or is it mostly just because they're in such a state where they need to get out, they leave them? Like what, what is, I guess, what's driving them to not be able to take their dogs or cats with them? So uh, some, it depends how many dogs you have. If you have one dog, it's possible to take mm -hmm. him because the most of the hotels where they go now, the government gives them hotels. Most of them uh, can put the dog in the hotel. It's allowed and really the hotels here are doing the best to help them. But some people have five, seven dogs and yeah. cats. <laughs> That's it's, us. It's I mean, very I can't difficult imagine. to yeah. Yeah. You know, I have 24 cats. Wow. I, I don't know. How can I leave home? So really some people are staying at home. They don't leave the home, but what they need is food. So we really um, provide them food that makes them today. I went uh, to one of the towns in the south part of Israel uh, with my car full with uh, cat food and a little bit of dog food. And people were just crying, you know, yeah. the clothes are, uh, the, clo the, the shops are closed. They have no place where to buy uh, uh, food. Only for them, for them, they can go out and buy. It's open, but all the rest is closed. So really people were like, I, I were crying because they were so happy now that they know that at least the animals will have uh, food and we go, you know, we go every day, we provide food to different parts and wow. different people. We go home, we give them the food, we go to a home and sometimes you get bombs on the way. Uh, so you have to stop the car on the side, go on the floor, put your hands on the head and then continue when it's, um, it's, it's it stops. Yeah, I can't even how, yeah, how... but you know, yeah, oh, right sorry. Ahead. No, well, I just want to, like, you mentioned how needing these supplies and bringing these supplies out. And, you know, coming from over here in the States, we would want to know how we can help you. Like, what are some ways that we can 
help you from afar, whether we're not local or something online or something to help you so that you can keep doing your efforts over there and helping all the animals. So really what we, we, all the donations that we got till now, we bought food. Okay. That's what we did. Our shelter is full with food and I order almost every day. There's one truck coming. Uh, so we, we can really provide those people that are anyway in really terrible situation. At least they know that they're animals who they love so much and uh, have what they need, you know? And, and can, can we donate? That's what that we something? really do because, because in our clinics, we have vets. All our vets are working and we have the staff. Some of them went to the army, of course, but um, the staff that was in the clinic of Ashkelon, which is closed now, we can't open it, are helping mm -hmm. us in the other places. So we have enough staff that can take care of the animals that are coming and help. And, you know, in Israel, we have so many stray dogs that it's not only on the south or the north. All the time are coming dogs injured. And uh, so there's, it's not the war because of the war, but anyway, they continue to come. So you have to take care of them, dogs with broken legs or other things uh, that are coming all the time. Can uh, we so donate? Really is there an area online? Is there an area online Sorry. that we could donate from afar that we could help? Is it, do you have a place where we could actually monetarily donate or send items or something of that sort? It, it, to send items is, you know, it's medicines we have, no problem, okay? We have all the medicines and uh, for time being. And also food. All you have to do is just buy it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for the time being. So we really buy a lot of food. So just in case that something will happen, we'll have to enough food to provide our animals, of course. Yes, because we have about 300 dogs now and 150 cats only that we take care of them. And of course, to help the other people that need it. So. Uh, medicine, we have no problem now. It's okay. Um, we we can buy everything here. No problem for the time being. That's great. I know that we're setting something up with Dog TV, which is um, to help donate to uh, fuel your resources for these animals and all the animals you're rescuing. And so for our listeners that are wondering how they can get involved and help out with let animals live and different rescue organizations dogtv.com slash cares um, we're going to be putting up links there so that you can donate to some of these causes and, and to be able to help some of the animals in in this area of everything that's going on with israel but yael this has been such an honor to talk to you and i'm really grateful that you were able to take some time out of your day to chat with us and kind of let us know what's going on we are so sorry for everything that's going on and we are trying to think of ways we can help. And I know all of our listeners are thinking the same. And so we do appreciate you kind of giving us a little bit of an insight of what it looks like there, how you guys are helping and um, what you're doing is incredible. And I, I can't believe that you guys are able to help so many animals. Like that's, that's incredible in the middle of what you're going through that you're taking the time to make sure that those animals get taken care of too. But um, I know, you really... know what I think? I think that, you know, they asked me one uh, on an interview in the radio, they asked me in time like this, who thinks about animals, you know? Yeah. And I say, we true. do. And I tell you why, you know, it's not that just 
I love animals and what they do to me in these times is like they help me come through yeah. all these terrible things that we see on TV and we hear a, a, a few friends of mine died, was slaughtered wow. really in this. And we're going from a funeral to a funeral. But, you know, also the people that were rescued from these places, some of them or a lot of the people had animals. They love mm -hmm. their animals. And this is very important for them yeah, that so they true. continue they continue to to pet them and to love them. That's so and, true. And it really it makes them feel much better. So this is why yeah. animals are so important. People are important, but animals are also very important. And that's what we do. We help people by yeah. helping animals. That's and you're doing just point. that. And yeah. you're doing just that. And we can't thank you for everything that you're doing. And I really hope that some efforts on the dog TV side can only help you so that you can help more animals over there. And please stay safe. And we'll, I will thank definitely you. be praying for you. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on our show today. We are sending so many prayers, but thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I thank you. Thank you very much. We are okay. We are strong and everything right. will be okay. Believe me. That's mm -hmm. right. Thank you. Yeah, we all are really, you know, mm -hmm. it's amazing. It, it's amazing how the Israeli people are all together helping. Mm -hmm. Really, I'm, I'm in shock, really. I know that Israelis are like this, but this yeah. is something different. You feel it on the streets, you feel it everywhere. People are helping each other like we never did and like we yeah. know to do in crisis. And this is really, I think, one of the biggest crises that the Jewish people, the Israeli people had. And But we are together and together we will do it. No problem. It will be hard. I know it's not fun being like this, but it will be fine. And really, thank you for supporting us. It really helps us a lot. Mm -hmm. Even when we saw Biden here, you know, it was yeah. like... Oh, oh, God is coming to help us. <laughs> so really, it makes Anything us we very can do. strong. Anything uh, so we can thank do. you for supporting us. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining God us. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thank you to Ayal Arkin, the CEO of Let Animals Live, Israel's biggest rescue organization, we are hearing about so many animals that have been injured and they're needing medical attention and they still do. And so we really wanted to get more information about that, how we can help. And so we're going to speak to a veterinarian on the field. Her name is Noah and she's an Israeli veterinarian that is working in the South of Israel to help some of these animals. So thank you, Noah, for coming to the show. Um, can you kind of Give us a little bit of insight um, as to what your day looks like and what you're dealing with over there. Um, I'm not really working as a vet these days. I'm uh, more of a delivery person. Uh, we deliver food mm -hmm. all around south of Israel, um, dogs and cats uh, that were uh, uh, either left behind and uh, need someone to feed them and uh, either people that can't leave their house uh, to get food for their dogs and their cats. They're either too scared or the pet stores are definitely closed. 
So they're kind of stuck. Uh, so we deliver food for their uh, private uh, dogs and cats, and mostly we deliver food for uh, um, community cat feeders. Uh, these guys, um, well, they feed in a routine day, I don't know, maybe 50 or 100 cats, each one their own uh, uh, cats um, on their streets and on uh, adjacent streets. But on these days, they feed um, twice as much or four times as much because some wow. of the people were evacuated from their homes and uh, uh, many factories were closed. So all the cats that are living in industrial areas, they don't have anyone to feed them. So they're the, those people, they, they travel around the city and they feed the cats. And obviously in the um, rural uh, settlements where we had the terrorist attacks, people were definitely evacuated. There's no one left there from the people that used to live there. Um, so we deliver food to the soldiers that mm. are now there and we ask them to feed the dogs, to feed the cats, to feed whoever they may see. And it's not... Um, it's not easy to get yeah. access to those areas. We, it, sometimes it takes a few days before the army um, is allowing us to go there. Sometimes I have to leave the food with the soldiers and just ask them to do whatever they can. Uh, in every settlement, there's at least one or two people that are mm. still there taking care of things and uh, feeding whoever needs to be fed. So that's one thing that uh, I do on a routine day and the other thing is we try to uh, rescue and take out every uh, animal that has been left behind um, many dogs were murdered during um, the terrorist attack uh, some of them did not and uh, they just started running because they were extremely scared of course so they kept on running and when uh, people were evacuated they couldn't take them with them, they couldn't find them. And they had to uh, leave their homes very, very quickly, no questions asked. So what we've been doing during the last okay. two weeks is oh, just right. trying, trying to you know, unite, uh, do family reunions of people with their dogs and with their cats. Sometimes we, we find the dog, um, we can't find the owner. The owner is either been murdered or kidnapped or we don't know what's going on so we find foster uh, foster homes for those dogs yeah. uh, the cats are harder to, to catch especially if they were house cats and they're now roaming around not knowing what to do with themselves uh, we yeah. do have uh, soldiers that are uh, feeding the cats and dogs for a few days just getting them comfortable and then they call us and, and we, we try to, to find someone that can take care of them during those days. Some dogs uh, do have families, but their families have been evacuated yeah. to hotels uh, or other people's uh, homes and they, they can't bring right. them with them. And, but they're very worried and they're concerned what will happen with the animals. So we keep them informed yeah. that this animal is going that way. I must say, we do find uh, injured animals, all kinds, your garden variety of injured cats, and then we, we do take them to the clinic, but since um, my clinic is in the south, south 
and it is now closed for business. We have another branch, uh, mm. uh, it's not in the south, near Tel Aviv, and we take them there and then they get all the treatment, the hospitalization that they need and then try to find homes for them. So that's what I knew now. That's my life. You want and that's to... not to be handled lightly because your travel in itself is, yes. you know, the travel in itself that you're dealing with is not to be handled lightly. It's not just, well, I just drive a couple miles and drop off. It, that's sacrificing the potential of your life every time you do that, because it's risky to get in your yep. car during this time and to go into some of these places. Have you been dealing with a lot of emergencies on the road and protecting yourself? Uh, we have alarms quite often. Uh, we need to stop and find uh, some place to uh, some kind of safe room or something. Uh, we uh, often travel with um, either um, soldiers that are armed or uh, uh, how do you call them veterans? Veterans that were soldiers and are now uh, volunteering. Mm -hmm. So uh, they come with us to protect us. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy uh, going back to those places. These are like ghost towns now being occupied only by the army. Um, and some of the places we can't, we can't go in. We know there are cats or, or, or dogs inside. Uh, fewer and fewer during the last days, I must say, because we've been doing it for the last two weeks. And it's not just us. There's an enormous volunteering spirit. So each one is doing the, their small part. Um, I had, uh, there was one, one family that were in the middle of all the terrorist attack and they had to leave their home and they left the cat and the woman was practically begging us to go and get her cat, but it was um, just, we couldn't get there. No one could. And uh, soldiers were too busy, you know, trying to protect everyone and make sure that uh, no one, let's skip that. Yeah. And it took us um, maybe a week and a half mm. until we could get there. And uh, eventually we could, and uh, she said her brother was in the house about five days before, and he left plenty of food and water for the cat, and the cat is very feisty, so we need uh, to be very careful, and I brought uh, all kinds of sedation materials in case we need to sedate it, so it would come with us, and it was... Oh, yeah. uh, it was very wow. exciting, I, I was excited that I'm gonna reunite this uh, family with their cats and uh, we walked inside and, and, and the cat was already dead. Uh, he's been dead for two days, I think. I have oh. no idea. I have no idea why. He had plenty Something. of food and water. The, uh, the window was open. Yeah. He didn't suffocate or anything. Yeah. I, I, and, and I had to call her and tell her that. And she was devastated and I, I, I just cried with her. I had, you know, That's nothing else that I can do. The stress of it alone, I know that that can really affect an animal. Yes, definitely, definitely. Because he was a healthy two-year-old cat, so wow. I don't know. 
we did have some happy stories. You want a happy story? A happy ending, I mean. It's not a happy like story. I'm sure we all, it's a, it's I'm a sure happy we all ending want the happy story. stories. Yeah. Um, we got a call from an elderly uh, man. Uh, he had to be evacuated. And in his apartment, uh, there were two dogs and three cats. Uh, they've been uh, closed in there for uh, a, a bit more than a week. Uh, one of the dogs is an epileptic dog. So we were oh, wow. very, oh wow. yeah, we were very concerned. Uh, so we went to his apartment and um, we, we could hear the dogs barking from outside. So that made me happy, extremely happy. And when we went inside, they were, yes, they were so thrilled. And, and then uh, I had to find the cats. He had three cats. Um, for the life of me, we couldn't find the cat. The man was a hoarder, and oh. I, I couldn't find the floor mm, in yes. his house. Mm -hmm. So it was very hard to find the cat. Uh, we, we kind oh. of, you know, smooshed everything around, and he had clothes there since he was two until those days. And all the closets and all the kind of sheets on the floor. And besides from that, he'll, he just left like in the middle of supper. So it was smelly. And we couldn't find the cats. They were very shy cats. Oh. At the end of the day, they were underneath one of the beds, stuck far away. And they needed oh. to be sedated as well. Oh but they're, yeah, <laughs> one of the cats was wow. there. Big boy. He said he has a mommy and a kitten, so I expect like a kitten. See yeah. what kind well, of you guys are. You guys are doing God's work. You guys are doing oh. God's work to save these animals, and I it's mean, right. it, you know, it's it's uh, amazing that in such difficulty, you guys are. You know, you know, it's um, it it is important, and I I do feel that we we really need to do that because someone needs to think about the animals as well. I know their families do, and uh, so. I feel that we're helping people and animals as well, but I must tell you that yeah. it helps me on a well. If if I wouldn't do that, I would sit around at home and watch television and the news mm -hmm. all the time, and That's this right. is a so it's it's a soul crushing uh, situation, and I, I mm -hmm. sometimes I just can't stop yeah. crying. So I need it's a purpose. You, this is giving you a purpose. Yes, I need a purpose. That's I right. need a reason. This is and to this get is up. a purpose. This This is an important right. purpose. Of course for me as a vet this exactly is a that. very important purpose. And I know many people are volunteering each yeah. one in, you know, in their own unique way, in their own unique people are uh, cooking food and uh, transporting food. And a lot of food because we're Jewish and we take comfort in cooking and eating. So it's what we do. And yeah. people are driving uh, all the artists in Israel and going to sing and, you know, just uh, try to uh, get people out, um, people's minds out of the situation. And people are sending letters. Yeah. Children are sending letters. And each one is doing, you know, the best they can under the circumstance. Well, by helping these animals, you're helping people too. True, true. 
I agree. That's true. You're uh, not you're you're caring for the animals and you're reuniting families if you can. Yeah, I mean, true. that's that's probably what everyone wants to feel right now is a sense of having their family and that belonging. And by bringing some of those animals back to those families is is enough to fuel a purpose for a lifetime. True. And, and, and so, even if we're not reuniting them, but the fact that they know that someone is taking care of their family member that's, you know, yeah. four legged, it's it's enough for to ease their mm-hmm. mind at that point. I think we're doing our job by doing that. Even this. Absolutely. Part. Thank you, Noah, so much for coming on today and talking with us. I really appreciate you taking the time and telling us how it's been like to be in the field, doing the transport, getting into the thick of it to help keep those animals alive, to take those animals out of those homes and to find their way back home if you can and yeah. to find them a new home if they can't. And so I know it's probably very taxing on you. And I just want to say thank you. I hope you're taking care of yourself. Because you give so much, but make sure you do the best I can. Thank you for having me, guys. (laughs) Okay, thanks. Bye. Yes, thank Thank you you so so much much for being here today. Thank you, Noah. And as a reminder, we are on a special episode of the Dog Moms discussing the war in Israel and especially the animals over there. Remember that you can help. Just go to dogtv.com slash cares and get involved with helping animals in need. So far, we've talked to the head of the biggest rescue organization in Israel. We've talked to a vet who's working with the same organization. And I think that it'll make perfect sense to speak to someone else who's volunteering, working day and night to help animals, working with lots of different volunteers to make sure that all the cats, dogs, birds, and other animals are are getting what they need, especially foster homes, until the situation with their loving families is cleared up. So for that, we have Shira from the Emergency Shelter Project, or Dogs and Heroes, you can check them out, who is working really hard to rescue hundreds of dogs and different animals that have been left behind in the war in Israel. So thank you, Shira, for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your crazy busy day rescuing animals to chat with us and we over here in the states we want to know how we can help what's going on what it looks like for you because it's absolutely devastating watching this unfold and we want to be able to do anything we can to help so first of all thank you to the show and can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the organization that you guys have started yes of course (laughs) i was Warning before that I lost my voice in day six or seven for the, uh, of the war, um, but I'll try to be as clear as I can. So yeah, I'm Dr. Shira Yashfe. I'm a veterinary doctor by training and uh, by practice, and I'm also a wildlife conservationist and a specialist in illegal wildlife crime um, trade. Wow. Um, and I guess in peaceful times, I'm working as the head of the, the director of um, wildlife crime and international policy for the cheetah conservation fund it's foundation that um an ngo that works in africa but when the war broke um of course i was here in israel and i'm sorry it was a very long day um but when the war broke basically within i think 24 hours the same night even of the seventh um we me and a couple of friends um realized that animals would have a lot of you know unique needs let's say that would need uh, addressing in this time 
Um, and we were wondering how we can do that. So again, I come from a veterinary background, but my friends that started this even um, come from anything from design to, so it's just like dog lovers and animal lovers in general. So it was a spontaneous gathering of a few people, four or five people that knew each other from dog parks and, and places around Tel Aviv. Huh. And we sat together at the beginning for the first 48 hours, just like online um, to figure out on Zoom, because all of us are running into shelters, of course, to figure out how we're going to help. And then we realized we need to go to the field. We have to go there um, mm. to a war room that was created there by other civil society organizations, such as... Um, uh, or mainly uh, Brothers in Arms, which helped us a lot in our oh, yeah. work as well. And we set up uh, an equivalent war room for animals, basically right next to them. Nice. Um, and since then, and this was, yeah, day three, um, Every each one of us took kind of the, just spontaneously, again, a different role. I took on uh, to be the head of the rescue operations, sending out the rescue teams to the field, working trying to also coordinate other spontaneous war rooms that were created for help of animals to try to basically put everything together so we can have, you know, an organized list of all the, it's, it's hundreds of volunteers scouring social wow. media posts and, and, you know, who needs saving. So hopefully put everyone under one roof so we can save them all in the most effective way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's wow. been busy 14 days for 17 days now I think so are you working are you mainly working like do you have several locations that you're going to right now are you on the field like are you in that air in that space most so of the time I, are you do you find yourself in different areas so I we decided that it makes sense for a person or okay so we have this war room basically it has a center where I sit um, and is close to the Gaza Strip, but not in the war, you know, in the close military zone, but we're very close to it so that we can deploy rescue operations inside and then out fast. Because also we didn't know at the beginning, I didn't know what to expect. Am I going to see yeah. injuries that are going to be horrible? And, and I started, you know, texting. Again, everything was so spontaneous, just friends, all my vet friends in Israel and the, you know, vet association, anything that I could think of. Um, immediately we also texted, you know, like suppliers to give us supplies that we would need for animals. And so we decided that it would make sense that we would be in that place and then we would have rescue teams going. And right when we arrived there, we actually found two amazing, amazing women, Amy and Michal are both veterinarian and one is like a trainer that spontaneously on their own went, even without this apparatus of brothers in arms and everything that had just started, went there, said, uh, I need someone to, you know, to, to, to come with me with a gun and we're going in. Wow. So wow. they gave us a lot of intel from what's been happening there. Um, and, and since then we decided that I would sit there with a few volunteers and then these groups are coming and we're servicing quote unquote, the entire Gaza Strip. We have another, um, well, there is another war room that was created in the Southern part of the Gaza Strip that we collaborate with there. They're amazing. Also, Gary and Zebra veterinarians that are there. Um, and we're just, have, honestly, within days, we had an apparatus of hundreds of animals and volunteers that are being, you know, funneled from the Gaza Strip to this center or the southern center. And then we have a whole list of volunteer uh, foster homes and, right. you know, mm -hmm. and shelters that would be willing to accept them. 
Um, so are you was, finding that a lot of the, are, these animals are coming without owners? Are you finding that a no. lot of them are... Yeah. And, and that is something that yeah is super important for us. We assume until proven otherwise that everyone has an owner, even, you know, if it looks like the cat mm, next door that yeah. all, all of us have, because the last <laughs> yeah. thing that we would want is to have, um, the, obviously all of us here, dog moms, I'm, I'm sure, and myself as well. Yeah. Um, these are family members. Um, so we don't yeah. want, God forbid, for us to rescue someone, you know, in a, moment of you know there's yeah. our rescue teams are they're under fire under fire there's no other way to say it and we don't want to rescue someone and then um realize that we yeah gave it off to adoption and right, a family's right, looking yeah. for it and so then someone we, comes looking for their dog yeah that's like the worst thing that we can think of so what we want is safety first of course for them to be in a safe space and then and get the veterinary care that they need and then we, we have, again, a whole system of how to identify and match uh, owners that mm. posted to, and we even talked oh, with, you know, sure. the heads of the communities, because a lot of these dogs are not, and it, again, it's not only dogs, we rescued wild animals, we rescued sheep and mm. goats, hyenas, parakeets, uh, anything that you can think of, snakes, uh, <laughs> really, we're, 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 of course, there's not, not a lot of room for jokes these days, but we're joking mm. that we did a really good job. Like we're animal control. Like there's nothing there. Wow. Left. Even wow. probably there's like two cockroaches uh, that are still there. Oh, oh no. Oh my gosh. And wow. So where really, are you guys? You guys are, sorry, are you guys are rescuing these animals. What's, I guess, the next step? Like, are you running out of space for them? Are you running out of supplies? Like, how does that, how does that work after you're able to actually rescue some of them? So again, that was also something that, I have to say that for me personally, I, I don't even know if, if I need to be like, I, I, I obviously oscillate during the day between or gravitate between being so grateful. And I guess in a way, I don't know if I can say the word happy now, but that I see these amazing people and volunteers and companies that give us supplies and, right. and, and very, very sad, of course, and horrified by, what, by what's happening, what has happened. Of course, yeah. But um, within... I think it was day two, we had 1,200 families, a list of 1,200 families just from Facebook groups and stuff that were willing to be fosters. And we even don't even call it foster. We call it like to house them temporarily because we really don't yeah. want anyone to think that they're going to take them eventually. Um, right. And supplies, like think about, you know, huge companies, you know, that they give us food and Sure. everything it's it's amazing so no we're not running out of room we're now trying to figure out the stage two so what happens okay. we now know that these citizens are not gonna come back for at least three i don't i don't even i don't know like you know it would take weeks days months we, we don't know yeah so now basically we're trying to think what would happen if the foster care would not be or homes would not be able to hold on right for long right so we're now looking at wave two and three of fosters and yeah. everything needs to be mm -hmm. in a very good database so that we won't miss anyone and won't lose anyone in the system. So yeah, it's a very, it's a very complex operation and we're learning as we go. Us and other groups wow. that are helping us like um, uh, the, the, the organizations that was here before me. Now, being a vet, are you finding yourselves limited in the treatment that you can offer with some of these areas that you've set up? Like, are you 
do you have access to the things that you would need, like that you would get in a veterinary hospital? Like, you know, if you needed an x-ray machine or if you needed to do a CT or, you know, run blood work, do you have access to all those things? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Cause I think that usually in us as vets also, we know that, you know, even field, field medicine in any case, right. Even when you service or you try to, you know, support a straight cats, it's very different. Or even when I work in Africa, it's like very different than what you have in a hospital and, you know, calm. Right. Um, I'll say two things. A, Israel <laughs> yeah. is small, is very small. So luckily within 30 minutes, we had a few cases that I had to, to bring to, a, you know, a, you know, a, a hospital because they needed that intensive care. Um, the hospital also contributed their time and their resources mm-hmm. um, in Ben Shemin, amazing people. Um, and so we're, we're small. So luckily within 30, 40 minutes, you can bring them to the hospital, That's worst great. case. But you need to have people that are not afraid to drive um, when you have, I myself was driving and then, you know, you can have one, two, three times in a drive, even every day when we go to the field alarms, and then you need to go out of the car to, 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 to be down on the floor. And then you have an wow. injured animal in the car. It's not that easy, but luckily we, we mapped one of the first thing that I did when I came is to map all the veterinary clinics and all the veterinary centers around us. And the safe zones are not talking with the military that helped us a lot to understand where to, to bring them. But I'll also say that we have an amazing um, veterinary veterinarians that came and basically we built almost a clinic there. And now we have another clinic not far from here, really close to us that can take them. Hmm. Um, the, the second thing I'll say is that they're not as injured as we thought they would be. And that was a surprise. Hmm. And then after a while, when I see dog, cat, parakeet, doesn't matter after parakeet come and they're okay, they're traumatized and stressed, Mm. but they're okay-ish. I'm like, Mm. what's happening here? And then I realized that there is a huge bias because the the ones that were injured severely by the time, even though we worked so fast, but 48 hours is enough for you to die of, of severe injuries. So I think that they either died, you know, before many were shot, by the oh, terrorists, right. many, um, and many, I guess, were also. Now we're seeing them. So now we're at the last bit of the rescue operations, and what we're seeing is more injured because they they run away. They're not like humans that maybe would ask yeah, for help. Of course they do. They hide. So under fire, literally now, I have an operation going on, and you can see them looking underneath chairs and and you know military. Um, vehicles and they see an injured dog and injured so I think now we'll see the injuries Um, right yeah Yeah. so what what can we do from here you know there's one thing that we constantly feel and that's pretty helpless in certain circumstances and especially this one what can we do to help you from afar is there anything that you have your organization has set up it's 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 a tough one because I can't imagine what I would have you know, what, what I would feel if I were outside wanting to help. I think that the best thing, look, there's a lot of things I don't even want to talk about because I think they're very difficult. What we saw happen to animals and keeps happening um, to animals. I don't want to even talk about everything. I think the one thing that I would say is that the things that they did to humans, they did to animals as well. Every mm-hmm. single thing. 
of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I know that sometimes, especially now when, um, and again, this is not the, the time for, it's just the time to, to rescue as many souls, right, that we can. But I think the one thing that is important is to understand the world that would understand that this is horrifying. So like the awareness is the number one thing I feel that we currently need, that this is horrifying. I've never seen something like this. And to see it also with, you know, it's cross-cutting. Everybody likes a cuddly, you know, animal, of course, also children, but I don't understand like how um, there could be any, any other message coming out of this, but that this is a, is this is a terrorist group like ISIS. This is absolutely yeah. horrendous. The other thing is and spreading that awareness, just spreading that awareness, because I know mm-hmm. that there's a lot of fake news going on there and I haven't watched news. I don't know what's going on. I know that I'm called oh, to the right. North to set it up there. I don't know even why, cause I've slept two, four hours on average. I need to watch it now. Maybe. But I know that there's going to be a point where I can guess the world would say, why is Israel, you know, responding or whatever. And again, my politics are very left wing. I'm, I don't see this as a problem with us and the, you know, Gaza people. I see, I see Hamas as ISIS and it's horrendous and any animal human lover. Yeah. So it's, it's basically the awareness and on a one-on-one basis is this support, of course, is very important. And there would be a point now we're, there would be a point that unfortunately, you know, donations would need to to come in because we're not even thinking now about fundraising, but there would be a point where mm. over a thousand people were murdered. Not all families would be found, yeah. right? I'm sorry that I don't know even the final number because I haven't been watching yeah. the news right. since then. Close, yeah. But it's it's a matter of, but, I mean, it, it's going to happen. It's, a, it's, it's going a, to be a it's fact. A, it's a devastating reality, which no one wants to accept, but you know. Um, do you also have a, a site for people to learn more about what you're doing? Do you have a website for people to go to? Yeah, so we're building it now because again, we're not an okay. NGO, uh, but we're, right. we, we would want, because we have hundreds and hundreds of animals in foster cares to support now, maybe I think we're now right. talking about forming one. And we're called Dogs and Heroes, again, a name that we, invented in the last couple of days and i think we would have one soon probably dogs and heroes okay okay well we'll be sure to list that on the dog tv uh, website forward slash cares we'll be sure to list that and get your information out there so when it does come the time that you are actively seeking donations or homes if we can help from afar um, we want to be able to spread that word worldwide to help you on your mission and hopefully offer you some relief in the areas that you really that would be great um, I can't thank you enough for meeting with us today. I'm sure you are exhausted. And yeah, sorry, I'm just very sad and, for yourself. and tired, but I, I, I'm sure that, yeah. I hope that it yeah. made sense. Yeah, that's, that's nothing you need to apologize for. No, We're apologize. just really grateful that you took time to chat with us so that we can be more aware of, of what it's like being here. And share here your and- story. We want to we help people understand it's a topic that's going not really discussed over here. We don't hear a lot about it. So it's something that I'm really grateful for you to Sit down with us and talk so we can help spread awareness of all of the people that are working so hard to save those animals in need and that there are many, many animals yeah. in need over there now. And, and maybe it's, it's say- really encouraging to hear that you guys are are caring for the animals as well, too, because, you know, they're they're also going through a lot. So it would just really thank you for putting your heart out there in such a, a terrifying time, for sure. And yeah, if I can just say one sentence, of course, that we rescue, you know, also strays and anyone 
anyone. Honestly, we don't even know some of them came from Gaza. So we don't care, Israeli strays, whatever, Gaza. But we do see this also as something that is, is strengthening our ability and the family's ability to survive this if we can say survive for the families that went through this because by returning maybe one animal to them and we saw these reactions maybe there's hope that the abducted families would also return there's like kind of a you know a sense of something is returned from that horrible 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 day and days and Mm -hmm. we're seeing this as as uniting you know families and strengthening our nation at this time exactly Exactly. Even yeah. just like anything, before, even a snake and everything. Yeah. Family member. Right. Oh, yeah. totally. No, it's, yeah. they're all family, you know, whether they're they have scales or feathers or fur. Exactly. Um, I mean, every single one of that I have is considered a family member. So I completely exactly. understand. And you really are reuniting. You're, re- you're reuniting people who feel they have lost and you're also taking care of them with all of your resources. I can't yeah. thank you enough for all the tireless work you're doing, the unpaid work that you're doing to take care of them sacrificing yourself out there um we see you we hear you and i just wanted to say thank Thank you you so much for coming on our show today yeah and we're sending so many prayers your way thank you i hope this would be over get some rest thank you yes we hope so i pray (laughs) i pray that it's over soon well that's all for today's special episode of the dog moms Before we go, we wanted to take a moment to remind everyone about this truly heartbreaking situation, but we can all make a difference. Dog TV has partnered with Let the Animals Live, Israel's premier animal rescue organization, to help these furry friends get the care, food, and shelter they desperately need. So everyone, please take a moment to check out the links in the videos that we've shared in the page, dogtv.com slash cares, even just to bring more awareness to what's going on there. Your support can provide comfort and hope to these innocent animals during this difficult time. And a big thank you to all of our listeners who join us in making a positive impact in the lives of these animals and helping us support the bigger cause to hopefully help everybody over in Israel and all the animals in need. That's right. And remember, every act of kindness matters no matter how big or small. And we'll be back with more doggy tales and tips and all of those fun recording episodes very soon. So until then, keep loving your fur babies and remember you are their whole world. Thank you for tuning in to the Dog Moms. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Dog moms, dog moms.